Okay. That's uh, this is Ink Studs 101.9 CITR. I was using Winamp off the computer to play it, and weird stuff happened with someone else's songs. And uh, we're joined today by uh, Mr. Bob Fingerman. Greetings. Are you on the air with us? Thanks for coming on the air with us, Bob. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, Bob is the creator of such wonderful titles as Beg the Question, which recently uh, came out in softcover format from uh, Fanographics. Uh, you Deserved It, a collection of uh, previous release material from various anthologies, I guess, and uh, Otis Goes to Hollywood, and which has been recently recolored as part of the You Deserved It package. Uh, what else we got? We got Finger Filth <laughs> from, from Eros Books. A, uh, is it a kid's book? Yeah. What? For I'm people kidding. with people for people for, with the mentality of children. That would be us. Hey, us comic guys. Oh no, Colin's mad. <laughs> so, um, just say it's great. It's great when I can insult someone else by putting my own work down. <laughs> <laughs> like you're stupid for liking something that I wasted my time doing. Nothing like maintaining the comic book credo of self-deprecation, eh? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um. I was hooked up with you through Mr. Robin Bougie, who I thank very much for the, the hookup here. Robin oh, so that's how you pronounce it. I wasn't sure if it was Bougie or Boogie. Well, Either he, way, it puts me in mind of Devo, so it's, it's good both ways. He does like to boogie. Yeah. I, it's Bougie, and I like to rhyme it with Sploogie, which I think is starting to bug him now. Well, it fits. It, it, it fits him, and even, uh, I don't know if you know, he has a little hip-hop project uh, with his uh, fellow Crown Commissioner guys, and he, after using that on him, he used it in a line. Mm, the kids love the hip-hop. The kids love the hip-hop. So we're here to talk about some of your work. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff. There's the Zombie World Winter's Drag, mm -hmm. um, which isn't like the rest of your stuff. And it's actually quite different. Um, you also have the White Like She um, right. from Dark Horse. What else we got? We got Cracked way back. <laughs> Well, that's going way back. That's yeah. That's, uh, that's what? 20 years ago. That's a long time ago. I was, I was a kid reading those, too, I remember. Mm. That was uh, that was I, my. I won't apologize. <laughs> that was a great Aaron Cracked magazine. I don't know if you've seen what they do now, but it's not the same. Is Crack still being published? Well, now it's turned onto an online Maxim type thing. It's really horrible. It's, yeah. 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 I think they. I, I was checking it out just out of curiosity, and I think don't they rate things by uh, farting behinds on that site? Isn't that an icon they have, like a farting behind? That sounds roughly right. I didn't get too far into it. Um, I got pretty turned off pretty quick. Bougie delved more into it, and he relayed a lot of it to me, so it was just pretty horrible. So, I guess we'll talk about your work. Who cares about Cracked Magazine right now? Mm. Um, beg the Question, a collection of your minimum wage stuff, mm -hmm. which we've been I've been waiting for years. I remember first reading Minimum Wage... My friend lent me the first two trade paperbacks, and uh, and then like, oh, it's gonna be he's gonna recollect it in a big book, and then, you know, waited and waited and waited, and and then waited a little longer. But finally, we got big the question, which I must say, it's fantastic. Well, thank you. Um, so it, it was worth the wait. It was worth the wait, and you know, I gotta say, like a package that thick, like a book. <laughs> That's what the ladies say. Yeah. That that would suit the the big the question content too. Um, it's decent price. Yeah, the, the, I, I, yeah, I hope so. It's hard for me to be objective, but you know, at, at least I think it's a book you can't just breathe right through. No, no, I, I don't think I read it in one sitting. Um, and, and it's like I'd like to know a bit about your process. I read it yesterday. <laughs> Tess, I, I've already read the uh, Minimum Wages, and I wanted to see. It's a very different book from what was published in Minimum Wage. Yeah, well, it was extensively reworked. Well, why did you do that? Uh, for, for, for a variety of reasons. Partly, um, I think, because doing the comic took so many years. Uh, you know, the style kind of changed as I was going. I, I, initially, I started off drawing in a very simple uh, breezy style, and then I think it's my nature to kind of get more detailed and stuff. So the earlier issues just didn't look right, or early chapters didn't look right. And I think once you collect something in a book, it just reads better if it's consistent, because I think it would be distracting if the characters just began changing and everything began changing as you were reading. But you also changed the story, I believe. In uh, oh, well, a little bit. I mean, 
there's a happy ending now. Yeah. I don't think it's well. It's kind know, of ambiguous. I think, up, I think that's up to the to the interpretation of the reader. I don't think it's a happy ending, but other people do, and I don't think either is an incorrect read. To me, I think it's a really depressing ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's. it's I don't want to color anyone's opinion. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's natural to have doubts at an important time like that. Yeah. Well, see, if I had ever done the follow-up, it would have. Uh, see, then people could have gone the, gotten the uh, crash and burn section of the story, but I, I ran out of steam. You ran out of steam. Is it? Is, are you ever going to revisit the character and what happened to him? You know, ten years later of marriage in New York and. Well, you know, stranger things have happened. I actually was trying to get it developed. I mean, very briefly. I didn't really put my back into it, but was trying to get it developed as a t- TV property. In which case, I would have pursued the story beyond where it went in the book. Uh, and for all I know, maybe that still will happen. The guy that I was going to partner with, a very talented comedy writer named uh, Dan Weber, who was one of the writers on uh, Futurama and oh, we love Buffy Futurama. the Vampire Slayer. He and I were going to partner on developing it, and then he had other commitments, so it just kind of got tabled. But uh, As a know, live you know, action? No. I'm sorry? As live action, or...? Yeah, live action. I, I, I really think it would be horrible animated. <laughs> no, no. Big, you need a lot of editing to get that onto TV, unless it's HBO. Yeah, that's what I would want. I mean, I preferably would want, yeah, Showtime or HBO or someplace where you could do it the right way. Although, from what I gather, a lot of the basic cable channels are getting a lot raunchier. I know on Comedy Central they can get away with a lot now, and, and like, FX shows like The Shield uh, get away with murder. I haven't no. actually... Up in Canada, we don't get uh, FX. That's, mm. the, that's the Fox I don't, I don't watch it either, but I have friends who tell me what, what they've seen on the latest episode of this and that, and I'm, even I'm pretty stunned. Well, we on network television here, we do get the stuff like The Sopranos uncut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? On, yeah, on our, our normal Canadian staple channels. Mm-hmm. That's because that's cause the air is thinner up there, so people think more clearly. <laughs> I don't think they're, they're they're not as reactionary as we yeah. are here down in the the lower forty eight. That that hmm, New York smog theory. I'm sorry. That New York smog. Yeah, it keeps us dumb and and reactionary. Oh, well, well, one of the things, um, this is Colin. I just I just wanted to say that the, uh, the the artwork was what first drew me to minimum wage. It just blew me away. I just uh, thought it was wonderful, but. Reading it, it gave me such a strong impression of life in New York. And I'm just wondering, how can you deal with it? <laughs> it just it just seems really hard. Oh, see, there's some of that, that you know, not being able to think clearly it keeps oh. us uh, able to live in such a horrible environment because maybe we not, we're not aware of it. But you've lived there all your life, haven't you? Yeah. No, and unfortunately, I think I, my work belies the fact that I'm hyper aware of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm make, pointing out my own lies. <laughs> now, it's, it's, this is a city that's uh, it takes its toll. I can't say it doesn't. I mean, you you live here for certain reasons. You know, it's, there's a lot of culture here. There's a it it is a kind of great city for walking around in, but it also beats the hell out of you on a daily basis. Um, so yeah. But I don't know. Maybe, and maybe that's kind of what fuels my work too. So, I like an abusive muse. <laughs> it's. Uh, I don't know if it was you, Colin, or someone else was mentioning. They got their whole image of New York. That from, was me. That was you. That my was image of New quote. York comes from Woody Allen, Will Eisner, and Bob Fingerman. Wow, <laughs> that's a hell of a, a triumvirate. <laughs> so you only go for the like uh, slightly Semitic tinged t- take on it too. Uh, for some reason, I, um, I've been told I have a, a rather Jewish sense of humor. I don't know why that would be, but... Mm. Oh, there's worse things. <laughs> Probably because it's a lot funnier than the regular. Jewish and British. Yeah. So I love Alexei Sale. He's, well, he's a funny British Jew. There you go. Oi. <laughs> you, you've got it all in one package. <laughs> he and Ben Elton, before Ben Elton began to get involved with terrible things what the uh the blue Once line collaborated with andrew lloyd Webber, it's all downhill he didn't oh yes he did that's horrible you were a musical with him no yep. ben elton 
Ben Elton. He did a musical about uh, the violence in North Ireland. And Andrew Lloyd Webber did the music. He wrote the book. I've never heard of it. And that, for me, was kind of... I don't think it ever... Well, it didn't come to the States. Oh. I don't think it would have the relevance here that it has in the U.K., but... uh, (laughs) Going off on a tangent here. (laughs) Let's talk theater. Yes. No. Um, I want to know one thing, Uh, Mr. Fingerman. Yes. Are you a hipster? Because oh, you you so. you really go after them in your work, the yeah, New York hipster so. scene. I I yeah I I really I'll stammer my my way through this answer, but I I I don't think I could be accused of being a hipster. Have you ever been a part of a flash mob? A witch? A flash mob? I don't know what that is, so I guess I'm, do I I'm innocent. Oh, what is it? Oh, that was something that started in New York where people would get inter- uh, messages on their internet to meet at a place, do something meaningless for about 10 minutes, and disperse. <laughs> oh, okay. That sounds odd. No, but... I, yeah, I guess I haven't uh, been, been privy to that. Nobody's flashed me or mobbed me. <laughs> um, one thing I, that I'm really interested in is... You've done some collaborations. Not a, to, looking through your body of work, I haven't seen a lot of collaborations, but I've yeah. seen some. But it's all been with like really particularly talented people. Like uh, you did the one book with Lydia Lunch, yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, the, the music director here uh, he met Lydia and she apparently had like fantastic stuff to say about working with you and stuff. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so that's, that's good it. to hear. Um, another she's, person. She's she's a woman of of few words sometimes when you actually work with her. So yeah, it's, I guess you have to get it secondhand. But it, that's that's good to hear. Um, and we all love the Liddy Lunch stuff. I think there's a lot of Liddy Lunch boy fans here. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Cooper, you did yep. Monkey Jank with him. Um, I guess oh, that wow. was yeah. Well, that's yeah. He did the color on some of those. Now, did he? Was it just? I was my friend got a bunch of those Pentos comics that had them in it. And we're looking through them, and a couple of them mentioned Dave Cooper, so we're wondering if it was that you had done the coloring on a couple, and he had done the coloring, or he had yeah, done he, all the coloring. He, I basically just asked him to do the color on, on I think, the last couple that ran. Okay, because they, they, ha- they all had that, like, I don't know, Dave Cooper aesthetic. Like, mm. there's definitely a cohesive um, style between them all. Mm. Um, but they're great, you know. It's been, you know, I did those, what, like, ten years ago, so I don't even... I haven't seen the color ones in in almost ten years, so it's hard to even remember what they looked like. And they've actually been collected into one book, yeah. haven't they? But in black and white. But no. yeah, I haven't. I wasn't able to track those down before today. Um, I do have a good source, but I wasn't able to to get it. Um, Pat McCone, yeah. McEwen. Well, Pat Pat's amazing. What happened to him? Oh, he's one of your locally locals. Maybe you should call him and ask him that yourself. I know. Well, he's a Victorian. He's, he's a pro- I mean, he's a perpetual student. Oh. You know, he's been kind of back in academia for the last, I don't know how many years, and I'm not entirely sure what goal he's working towards, whether he's just going to then keep himself there teaching or or, or what. But uh, certainly he's one of the most talented people I know. Well, yeah, I recently picked up that issue that had the little backup story of him and his, uh, I guess, sordid love life. Oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um who else have you collaborated? I'm trying to remember. Not oh, a Tommy, lot of Tommy, Tommy Edwards Edwards, did the art for the great. zombie world thing. Yeah, that was an interesting story. That was definitely separate from all your other body of work. I found like it's pretty straightforward story, yeah. but it's it's yeah. neat. Like it's 24 hours, and basically how New York goes to the crapper by a zombie invasion. Yep. Pretty damn quick. Actually, that was written as a prequel for something that I never actually got to do in comic form. Uh, because the series was canceled. Actually, it proposed a different story of New York completely is subsumed by zombies, and they had this idea of a timeline, so they wanted to have more of an origin story than something where the city had already gone to hell. So I wrote this prequel, but then never got to do the thing I wanted to do in the first place. Uh, but I've since written it as a novel, so hopefully that'll just be print as a novel someday. And I think you had a cu- I think I read somewhere you have some a couple of novels you're working on, or is that just the only thing? Yeah, well, I've, I've written uh, a few, but I actually have my first one coming out uh, this November. Um, so that'll be exciting. Wow, Who, who's publishing it? It's uh, an imprint called M Press. It's actually a prose division 
that Mike Richardson, the uh, the Dark. publisher of Dark Horse Comics, he started a, a prose line uh, called Empress. So this will be published by them. That's good. And they've been getting lots of access with the whole bookstore market with their manga lines and stuff. So I think you can get a lot of all the exposure with that. Then. Oh, I hope there. so. That would be nice. <laughs> be a nice change. Well, we're giving you exposure now. Yes. Um. <laughs> Now, I was looking on your, your live journal, and you had recess pieces? Mm-hmm. What's, what's that? Or is there not too much that, to say about that yet? No, no, no. I'm, I'm happy to talk about it, it actually. It looks awesome. I, I just, I, in, in deference to, uh, to you guys, stopped multitasking. I decided not to multitask because I was actually drawing the final panel for recess pieces. So wow. it could have been a... Uh, a momentous occasion, but um, we could broadcast it live. <laughs> yeah, broadcast me me scribbling away <laughs> in the background. But yeah, um, that I'm I'm really excited about because it, it sounds strange because I've been in in comics for so many years, but it will be my first graphic novel of all new material. You know, not something that was serialized and reprinted and repackaged and what what have you. Uh, this will be all new. And, uh, I mean, the concept is very simple. It actually was uh, the quickest pitch I ever made. My editor, uh, Dave Land at Dark Horse, was in town, and I said to him, Little Rascals meets Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> and he said, okay, I'll buy it. So, so it's not a children's book. It, well, well, yeah, it's got a lot of children in it. Yeah. Uh, little, little kids fighting zombies. Uh-huh. And it's, yeah, basically, it's, you know those Keen paintings, Walter Keen or Margaret Keen, whoever did them, with the big weepy-eyed kids? Yes. It's kind of adorable, big, doe-eyed children uh, with lots of blood and guts. Oh, well, I guess as long as it's not big, doe-eyed zombies. Uh, oh, they're so no, cute. They're big-eyed, but they're not so doe-eyed. <laughs> and how long is that series going to be? No, it's, it's going to be a the one book. an original graphic Like 128 novel. or... 64? How, how big will the book be? Pages. Uh, 96 pages. 96. Okay. Wow. And it's full color like the pages that full you had on color. there? Nice. They look yep. pretty graphic. I like the graphic stuff. Um, and look at that, like, you're probably one of those guys, probably the same kind of taste as me and Bougie and stuff like that, where you seem to be into, like, a lot of, like, the, zombie, the old zombie movies and... Yeah, I kind of live and breathe the zombies. I unhealthily am obsessed by zombies. I don't know why. I'm sure some psychiatrist could figure it out. Well, it's a whole new craze again. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny too because when I was doing the prep work for this, because the the book actually takes place in in the uh, early '70s, because I didn't want the kids to have, I didn't want to go with like contemporary things where you have the hip-hop kid and the goth kid and yeah you know where stuff where it just becomes dated so quickly i figure if you make it take place a little further back it's already dated but i also didn't want the kids to have conveniences like cell phones or computers or the internet these kids are screwed you know they cannot get in touch with the modern uh world uh they're trapped with these zombies but i was going through my junior high school yearbook just to kind of look at hairstyles and what have you, and somebody actually inscribed in the book, I'm, I'm stalling, that's why I'm, uh, he actually inscribed in this book, May You Forever Draw Zombies, which I thought was kind of odd, because I don't remember even drawing zombies when I was in junior high school, but see, I guess it was preordained. A little, little pre-prophecy there. Yeah, kind of odd. And it, That and was the year, I mean, I, I came out of high, junior high school the year that uh, the original Dawn of the Dead came out, so this well, kid was really obsessed. I was going to say that that's pretty much the classic zombie era is like the 70s where you have all the good stuff. And then there's some good later ones like uh, Dead Alive or Brain Dead and Shaun of the Dead I really liked. Shaun of the Dead's pretty amazing. There have been a lot of good zombie flicks, surprisingly. I've been watching more and more of them and there's a lot of terrible ones, but there's a surprising number of really good ones. Now, have you seen, on a side note, have you seen their TV show that the Shaun of the Dead guys did? Oh, Spaced? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think that might be one of the best comedies I've seen in, in a long, long while. I'm a, I'm a big... Uh, I like to tell as many people about that, even though you can't find it anywhere. You have to download it, but... I'm one of those net geeks. Um, okay. Hey, multi-region players are cheap now. Yep, oh, I've got... Yeah, i got one of those. It's a must-have. Order must it have. from Amazon UK, and you're, you're good to go. Yeah. 
it's actually where I live. We're pretty close to Chinatown, so I like to find lots of weird, the crazy Chinatown. You just never know what you're going to find there. Lots of weird madness. And sometimes when the, we, I pick out a movie, the guy... The details the guy gets into gets a little comfortable of uh, what's in the movies, but he needs to say they're pretty enjoyable. Um, so over the last while, you've worked on Reese's Pieces. Yep. i got to be careful not to say Reese's Pieces. Yeah, you worried that'll about be any interesting kind of to see e. if, uh, how trippingly it comes off people's tongues. You think uh, Spielberg will get mad? I don't think Spielberg will. I'm hoping Hershey's lawyers don't. No, e no uh, zombie E.T. or anything poking out there or anything? Well, given given what gets eaten in this book, it would certainly create some new flavors. <laughs> the girl that used to do the show before us, she used to be do a show with Colin called Amanatapia. Did I pronounce it right? I never pronounced Amanatapia, I believe. Yeah. She wanted me to thank say thank you for skinheads in love. Oh, okay. Was, she's, uh, she's welcome. <laughs> It's an Next. <laughs> You're not proud of that stuff? Eh, you know, again, it, it was it's what it really? was when it was. I mean, that was done, what, 15 years ago. Uh, I, don't, I don't do a lot of looking back, you know, move forward. What's the next big project? So what have been some of your comic influences as far as, um, you know, getting into comics and stuff? What The stereotypical comic question what got you into it poor judgment <laughs> um and and lack of guidance i don't know i mean i i i think it's a gut level thing i think when you're a kid you look at comics and they either you know they either affect you or they don't and uh i mean also it depends on what you're looking at but my dad who i'm sure would be well i know he probably is not so happy to know that he was responsible uh, for getting me into this, but he used to have little paperback collections of, you know, various comic strips, Peanuts and Pogo, and he used to have also the uh, Gay and Wilson and Charles Adams collections, and I think oh, once yeah. I saw that stuff, it really was pretty much a foregone conclusion. That's, that's what I'd do. But I never really, I never read any of the superhero stuff. I, I, I gravitated really just towards things that were funny. You know, once I, I found Mad Magazine, again, huge influence, and Plop. I don't know if you remember uh, Plop. Yeah, I yeah. remember Plop, yeah. yes, Is indeed. Basil Wolverton did a bunch Basil of Basil Wolverton did the covers, I believe. Yeah. And Sergio Aragonis did a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, they had some great people. That was a great series. I think the closest to superhero stuff that I read was Not Brand Ech, which was uh, Marvel's mm -hmm. sort of parody comic. <laughs> Even that was kind of substandard as far as parodies went. Yeah, well, I think because they they didn't want to be too vicious with their own babies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is too bad because that Pete Bag, uh, the Spider-Man, I don't know if you got a chance to read that one. That was yeah, I did. Fabulous. They uh, never put out the Hulk one, though, right? No, because they, it was time to come out at the same time as the movie. Mm -hmm. And they went, oh, this is really uh, tearing Hulk a new one. And uh, they just never released it. It's in there somewhere on someone's shelf, mm. collecting dust. And there's a lot of us comic guys that just want to see it. You know, it's like Apocalypse Nerd takes every six months to come out, so might as well have something. Yeah, Pete's, I guess Pete's not uh, Speed Demon. No, no. Um, what's your next project as far as comics going after Recess Pieces? Oh, do you geez, see that? I don't know. Are you still at the penciling stage and have some of it colored? No, it's 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 like ninety five percent done. I'm um, I'm coming up. I mean, it comes out this August, so uh, so that's not a huge window of, of no time. But I'll, you know, I'll be finishing it probably next month, and then uh, yeah, it'll it'll be out this August. But yeah, it's it's actually it's very different looking than anything I've done because it, it it's it's only pencil. I I decided that I would cut ink out of my equation oh and i think it looks so much better it's so much livelier looking um do you feel like you can kind of flow with it more and just go crazy and not have to worry about you know having to touch up and stuff it's just yeah well that's the thing with uh, with inking uh, unless you're one of these people who's just so good that you just kind of draw directly in ink and i think with me 
which is not to put down all the work I've done in the past, but there's a certain uh, spontaneity that that gets lost when I ink because you know the pencil is the first drawing, and then basically it's one of the only things I liked in the movie Chasing Amy. But when somebody uh, says to one of the characters in it who's an inker that he's a tracer, <laughs> and he says, "I don't trace, I'm an embellisher," and they're like, "Uh huh." That's kind of the way I feel about the inking stage. Is really the the pencil stage is where you're doing the real drawing, and then the inking is just refining it. So you kind of lose some of that spontaneity. So I think this book's a lot more spontaneous looking because I, like I say, did away with that that middle stage. Now the coloring process that you're doing for it, mm. um, what what entails that? Because it's really impressive looking at those pages that you have. Like not a lot of pages, but from what I see, yeah. It's 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 digital. I'm doing it on I'm doing the color on the computer. You're one of those Photoshop guys. But yeah, but uh, my my whole approach uh is to make it look as organic as possible. I don't think it looks computery. I mean, I'm sure if I didn't say I did the color on a computer, most people probably wouldn't have a clue cuz I think it looks like I say I think it looks pretty organic. Would you can ever consider drawing on a computer? That that I don't think I'd enjoy. I do like, I like traditional tools. I mean, I like drawing with pencil. I like drawing with a pen on paper. I know some some local artists have been really getting into the Mac tablet. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I'm just a comic reader. I'm like yeah. I hang out in this whole scene. Everyone draws, but I just critique them and read them. I think From that's, a safe distance. Yeah, please don't hurt me. But it, it sometimes I see it as a negative because it, it's not as easy for the small press guys to be able to republish their work um, because they have this. It looks great on the computer, mm-hmm. but it's just not relating well. You can't, you know, you gotta like, does it work well printing it out? Like, do you have to do high quality print? And then how does it photocopy? Right. As with like someone like Bougie who just and Colin himself here who who just you know does the pen and ink and slops it in a photocopy machine and it looks awesome. Right. <laughs> Well, there's a lot to be said. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for low tech. Um, I mean, part of the reason I'm doing this thing, at least the color digitally, is because it's, for me, it's... Oh, how to put this? It's not so much that it's quicker. It's, it's a little quicker, but actually it, it and a lot of times takes me longer to do the color on a page than to actually draw it. Is it more um, options? I'm sorry? Is it more options as far as how you're able to color it? Yeah, it just, yeah, that's the thing. There's more of a safety net. If you screw up when you're doing traditional paint, you've pretty much got stuck with it. And you got to make your mistake work. But with a computer, you know, then you can constantly keep fiddling with it until you get it right. That's, that's understandable. Um, is there anyone that you would like to collaborate with that you haven't gotten the chance yet? Oh, sure. Sure. Um, you know Guy Davis's work? Oh, yeah. Guy's somebody who I would absolutely love to work with, and, you know, we've we've entertained the possibility, but he's so committed to so many other things, I just I don't know when it would happen, but I like to think it would happen someday. I'd love to write something for him to draw, because I just think he's amazing. And actually, that, that kind of leads into another question of the process, like, because when you're writing something for yourself... Um, like the big the question and you deserved it and then you write something like zombie world where you're writing it with an artist in mind do you do you find it's a different process for yourself where you're, you, you construct more of a solid thing or do you have that kind of the same in both um aspects? i write pretty tight scripts even when i'm drawing it because i don't like to leave holes that i'm gonna get stuck in so yeah i write a pretty tight script in general but of course when i'm writing for somebody else to draw the panel descriptions is anybody interested in this stuff? <laughs> no. At this point, a lot of people are tuning off and saying, oh, this is really, I don't need all this well, last week background we, stuff. We talked for an hour about Muhammad cartoons, so. Oh, well, that's exciting. We could talk about that. But, uh, but yeah, I write it, I'll, we'll just leave it that way. I write very detailed panel descriptions. It's like writing a screenplay. Okay. It, it, I, just, some people may not be interested, some people not. I'm interested in process. Um, and part of the show is it's a comic show, and so the, to me, there's so many different aspects to comics. There's right. the geeking out to it. There's a process of making it, and it, I like to be able to show like all the different angles with it. So that's kind of why I ask such, I don't know, maybe they're lame questions. 
Yes. But no, no. no <laughs> yes, they're lame. Now I'm going to go. I tell and you cry. this: though, I'm not going to be collaborating with any of those Danish Muhammad cartoonists. No. <laughs> no. They, they've got enough on their plate. <laughs> Do you really want to write for that? Um, what? You know. It's a it's a big issue today. What's your thoughts on it, or do you want to make a comment on it? Oh, yeah. I don't know how much trouble I I, I if I open my mouth on this. <laughs> I'm I'm the worst guy to talk to about anything religious because all all religious furor and zealotry just gets me really hot under the collar. So, but I do think it's kind of stupid. I mean, they're just lines on paper. You know, mm-hmm. I I can't get that worked up about it. I mean, I get worked up about all the, the uh, the protests and the fact that well, how many people have been killed in these protests? I think it's gone so far? to like twenty or something. Yeah, you think that many people dying over cartoons, and I just I cannot put myself in that mindset. Yeah. Um, and when I think of all the, you know, hideously offensive cartoons that have been done about Jesus or this one or that, mainly Jesus, I just think, okay, if we can laugh about it, maybe you guys could relax a little. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Ivan Brunetti's work and some of his stuff. He gets pretty inflammatory with uh, Jesus utilizing his stigmata. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I wanted to ask, because beg the question, as we mentioned, it's set in New York. And of course, New York is very multicultural, multiracial. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you ever had any... Uh, Ever had any grief from some of the depictions you've you've made of you know various cultures and Only people in New York? Only outside of New York, really. People in New York get it. You know, they look at what I draw and they're just like, "Yup, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it." But but a few times when I've been out of New York, um, like actually, I was part of this comic. I'm gonna uh, before you accuse me of being pretentious. This was their word, <laughs> a comic colloquium. What? In Benning at uh, Bennington College What's in Vermont, them? and uh, a bunch of us, oh. it was uh, probably about twenty comics people were were uh, were guests there of from all different stripes. I mean, the old guard. You had like Joe State and then Roberta Fredone, and you also had Mike Mignola and myself, and you know, an interesting group of people. John Kirschbaum, all kinds of people, and so of course it was just all panel, panel, panel. And it was really, it was only there where I got taken to task by some of these, you know, very kind of idealistic, naive, politically correct college kids. And they're probably who've all never white. been to New York. <laughs> you know, that's what I would say to them. I said, have you ever been to New York? No. <laughs> and then I'd say, well, shut up. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. You know, somebody was giving me grief about there's a scene in, in Beg the Question with a homeless Rasta guy punching club kids in the face. Oh, yes. Yes. That happened. I didn't make that up. So, you, you know, know, you can't really accuse me. That happens in Vancouver, too, I think. Yeah, well, probably. Maybe it's... It's a city thing. It's a city thing. Well, yeah, I, well, I know in the U.K. they've got this bad, I don't know if it's come and gone, called happy slapping. Have no, you heard about heard that? It. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, so... Just you know, swarming. This, this predates the happy slap, but... I love the name happy slap. Okay, I don't know what happy slap is. That's where people are just going up to people on the subway and just slapping them across the face and then running away. Tee-hee. That's odd. That's, a, <laughs> that's an odd craze to have. The thing, is, yes. The thing about Beg the Question is is that if in, in some ways it's hard to know how much of it is real because, uh, I mean, it, it is partially autobiographical, is it not? Yeah. I mean, it's all through a filter. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, certainly it's informed by my past. And how how closely do you resemble Hoffman? Well, I mean, there's an author photo in the book, so it's uh, not very closely at all. Well, I mean, in the, the author photo on the back of uh, You Deserve It, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of my better days. I, I, are you, do you, uh, are you a non, non-drinker? I am a non-drinker. I mean, occasionally I'll, I'll it's not like I'm, I'm, uh, Amish or anything. I mean, I'll have a drink on occasion, but I would say, yeah, pretty much don't drink. And Hoffman seems to share your opinion of religion. Yeah, well, definitely. He's, he's. I mean, his his opinions, in some ways, he's a little more strident than I am because he's younger. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he's he's got that uh, that sort of righteous indignity that only people in their early 20s can have and their late teens can have. 
I mean, at this point, I'm I'm in my early 40s, so now it's more just like a resigned, <laughs> you know, shrugging my shoulders and kind of going, What can you do? Pretty much. Um, one question one person had for me to ask you is the, um, I'm going to try and put this uh, tactfully, the passion that is uh, portrayed in Beg the Question. Mm. Is that realistic? The, the 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 frequent heavy passion in it. Oh, the ardor. Yeah, I'd say so, but uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> it was a question. I just had to fast along. Just like I said, we're talking to a guy in his twenties. Yeah. <laughs> we're all old, jaded comic yeah, guys now. Exactly. And I'll uh, talk about my present state. And you deserved it. And actually, I got the book that was originally presented, the uh, Dirty Stories 2, The Furries. Oh, yeah, my favorite people. I, I am particularly interested in The Furries, too. I had a friend who I hadn't seen in a number of years, and I visited him in his new home, and he told me all about The Furries, and I didn't know about The Furries, and then he showed me all these elaborate costumes and self-wagging tales and stuff. And uh, how did you hear about The Furries? I'm interested. Now it's all pop culture, yeah. and it's on CSI, but I knew about it before then. Yeah, me too. Well, actually, before I think I even had been on the internet, before I might have even had a computer in the in the early days of the internet, uh, a friend of mine, a guy named John Walsh, who uh, actually is a, a writer and sometimes a correspondent on. Um, there's a show on the. G, I don't know if you guys have the G4 channel up there, which is like a channel for basically for 15 year old boys. Nope. Uh, it's a cable channel. A lot of video games and comic books and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, he's always been sort of on the cutting edge of things that are strange. And he had told me about a furry, and I remember the name, called A.J. Skunk. So, <laughs> shout out to A.J. Skunk. What, what? Uh, probably ten years ago. Maybe more than, no, more than ten years ago he had told me about this. And I just figured, oh, that's strange, but got to be an isolated incident and he said oh no no there's like a whole community of these people and that was when i first i guess got hip to it uh and yeah it's just such a bizarre phenomenon it really is i wonder how many furries were excited when when bush gave his state of the union speech a couple weeks ago and he he said that thing about he was be, he was against human animal hybrids uh which i don't think anybody was thinking was going on in the first The place. Isle of Dr. Moreau at the yeah, White House. Yeah, exactly. But I thought some furries were probably thinking, wait, you guys are making human-animal hybrids? Don't All stop. right. <laughs> I missed that part. The idea that, you know, that maybe Omaha the Cat Dancer could become reality for some people is probably the only thing that gets them out of bed in the morning. I used to see these kind of people at, uh, around San Diego Con. Oh, Sure. Yeah, they had their. They were sort of frightened of everybody because they were afraid that they'd find out about them. Yeah, they stuck well, to themselves. Well, now they've got their own convention, so they're safe. Uh, yeah, and they do their uh, whether cuddle piles or <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's <laughs> yeah. it's odd. Yeah, once you start talking about strategically placed orifices <laughs> and strategically placed appendages, you know you're heading down a slippery slope. But a you're furry, but slippery slope. But your your take on the phrase is quite accurate as far as like the terminology, you know, the culture. I did my, I did my homework. Vora, Vora. I went. I went on some forums. <laughs> found out what I needed to know. Ran away. And then it was done. And, it's no and it more was furries. done. The furries hate me. They Do they? Yeah, yeah. I, I was in a comic called Skunk that was put out by Aeon years ago that lampooned the whole furry scene, and they still talk about it. Hmm. They have long memories. That's true. Actually, like like, when I first got online, probably, like I said, about 10 years ago, and, you know, when you first get a computer and you're first online, you're, you kind of are excited by some of the strangeness of it and, you know, things like chat rooms. So, of course, I had to go look at some chat rooms, and but I didn't realize people don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> you know, you think you can say stuff. I didn't know about things like emoticons and how you have to put a little smiley face to let people know you're kidding. Mm. And I, you know, I, I went on this thing where there was a furry, and of course I was ragging on the furries relentlessly, and this guy got absolutely furious, and, and you know, practically to the level of death threats, and I just thought, wow, they're a special interest group. I mean, I'll be, I wouldn't be surprised if they start having lobbyists, you know, soon. What would they, there's like the Lincoln Log Republicans, so what would they be like? 
think, I think the, it's the, the log, log cabin, cabin Republicans. Yeah, the log cabin Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> Lincoln logs Link- are five-year-old gay. I think that's a. <laughs> I think that's the oh. Republican branch of Nambla. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you always got to have a Nambla joke in there somewhere, don't we? Yeah, v- listener discretion advised. Yeah, we should have said that at the top of the show. We've been pretty good so far. Yeah, don't ever be a Republican. Yeah, thank God we're Canadians. We just Nambla, do whatever you want, but I don't judge. But don't be a Republican. (laughs) (laughs) The the was it North American uh, Marlon Brando? Oh, that's (laughs) right. Yeah, the South Park thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the back of you deserved it. Uh, Connective tissue. Oh yeah, yeah. A work in progress. Yeah, maybe. Maybe is it kind of just fallen to the wayside? Pretty much. I mean, I did about maybe 20 or so big, large, full-page illustrations for this thing, but I think, I don't know if I'll ever come back to it. Now, are these hand-colored or computer-colored? The c- computer. Okay. I, I especially like the all-that-meat-and-no-potatoes panel. Oh, yes. The the, the walking steaks. That's going to make some vegans very shocked. Well, I live to make vegans squirm. Mm. Where I live, I uh, there's like two vegetarian restaurants right by my house and I'm so tempted to walk in with like beef jerky and be like, don't worry, I got my own food. But I think I you should just take a bunch of cheap cuts of meat and like staple them to a suit and just see if they'll give you a table to sit down at. <laughs> well, See, I'm not eating it, I'm just wearing it. <laughs> it's just like my leather jacket, ladies. Well, it's, well, it's yeah, a... I guess they don't like leather jackets either, though. Never mind. Mm. No, I don't. Oh, well, I'll go in there with alligator skin or maybe some like rare albino alligator skin shoes the extra close to extinct the better hey this is the west coast you gotta mellow out a little no oh. no last time i went to that vegetarian restaurant um me and bougie went and i got so i don't know what happened just off these two pictures of beer between the two of us but at some point i smashed my glass on the table and mm. haven't gone back since and then we were supposed to go in january and then another local cartoonist said don't go there you pussy and we decided not to and it turns out <laughs> He saved us from getting hepe. So, Ew. That's my story on why I don't go to vegetarian restaurants very much. Yeah, well, that and their beer is, you know, it doesn't have meat in it. Most beer has a little uh, quantity of meat, which is what keeps it. I have never that's why you. That. That's why you got Beer so has meat? You didn't know it. I know that Guinness that has... a small trace amount of beef tallow that makes beer so tasty. Beef tallow? I'll ask my dad about that. No, don't, don't. Beer. I'm just making things up. Damn. Oh. Well, I know, um... Some some stuff uses uh was it gelatin? Is that like oh yeah yeah well goes hooves or whatever yeah Jello's got yeah I think horse hooves in it yeah I think also like some beer has like a little bit of it in it just as part of the ingredients and stuff I think Guinness has milk product in it so, maybe but I mean that that's not exactly a steak um so you have recess pieces um any anthology work coming out because I quite enjoy that stuff like your little like you know three or four pages of just madness it seems like yeah i well nobody's nobody's asked recently so no little short things uh in the works that i'm aware of but you never know um yeah i like doing those too because it's it's sometimes it's nice to just uh breeze through a little six pager and just get some jokes out have your punchline exactly yeah not everything needs to have a big sweeping arc to it sometimes it's good to just get to the fart jokes do you still do comic book reviews? No, I haven't done that in, in many, 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 many years. Oh. That's a long time ago. Do you still read new comics? Uh, some. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't read as many as I used to. Uh, Let's say, what are the last, like, five things you've gotten that... All right, the last couple of things I got were... Boy, now, again, I'm going to have to search my memory... I got a couple of issues of that solo thing that DC's been doing, mm-hmm. like the Jordy Burnett one and uh, Teddy Christensen and anything Hellboy. You know, I like the, uh, the the Richard Corbin Hellboy that just came out. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Anything Guy David Guy Davis does. What's he been doing recently? Not that you know. Well, he's doing an amazing zombie thing. I don't know if you've seen any of uh, the zombies that ate the world. Maybe eh? it's a humor thing. Mm. So good. I'll have to. I'll have to scrounge for it. The local. They're, the local. Store. Yeah. Well, actually, they came out in France. So oh, if, you, well. if you want the books, uh, humanoids put them out in France. But since you're in Canada, you probably have some 
comic shops that get the French stuff? We do actually have a, an excellent store that has recently expanded their graphic novel collection that specializes in mainly French literature. Well, I'm um, going and ask for uh, Guy Davis and Jerry Frisson's uh, Zombies, Zombies that Ate the World. Unfortunately, despite what you may have heard, we are not all fluently bilingual up here. Oh, no. Mm. Yeah, but the artwork's so beautiful, you can just enjoy looking at the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff like that. The pictures are, are mighty pretty. Um, since we're in Vancouver, um, mm -hmm. and I'll, I've I'll been there. You have been to Vancouver. I have been to Vancouver. When was that? Many years ago, actually, to visit Pat McCune when he was living up there. Uh, is he in Victoria now? I, you know, he moved, and I'm forgetting where he is. I think he's in Montreal. Oh, okay. The land of that's a, that's a city of many schools. Um, but since we're in Vancouver, how mm -hmm. did you get into Cinema Sewer? That's an odd thing, you know. You're the other side of the continent, mm -hmm. and you know, it's an odd little thing. It's not very big, uh, you know, publisher. I mean, yeah. it's just one guy in his box of books. Yeah, I'll be doing a cover for, for Robin soon. I, I heard rumors. I didn't want to yeah. say anything. But but how, how did you get into Sims for? Like, did you just come across it in the store and went, this looks kind of weird? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it certainly gets distribution here in New York. So, there's a store just uh, around the corner from me that stocks it, so. Oh. It gets everywhere. It's, well, it's certainly around here. I can think of two stores within a two-block radius, three-block radius that stock it. Oh. That's good for bougie. Yes. Good for bougie. <laughs> That's the mantra. Good for bougie. <laughs> good. Oh, it's good for all creative people. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to the, uh, is this going to be the next issue or the issue after that? I don't know. Whenever he asks. I t told him I had to finish up these, these couple of book projects, and once I was done with them and had a little breather, I, could, I would be at his disposal. So a little while, yeah. So, yeah. And I don't know how often he publishes. I think it's every six months. Then it'll probably be the next one. Okay. Um, I'm sorry I didn't get to do the post-apocalypse one. Yeah, that was funny. Because I'm a, just like I like the zombies, I'm a big post-apocalypse fan. So movies movies are a big part of uh, your interest, a lot of like the, the underground culture movies? I don't know about underground culture, but you know, I like I like the escapist stuff and, you know, horror and, and, and stuff like that, so, and there's certainly plenty to keep you occupied in that particular genre, so. And there's so many movies in so little time. Yeah. Um, oh, Colin, you have a question? No. Oh, I thought he made the hand movement. He has a question. He's saying, let's wrap it up. <laughs> let's wrap it up. It is getting closer through. This is CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. I, gotta, I always forget to mention that. That we are speaking with Mr. Bob Fingerman. Um, just a quick recap of some of the stuff that is available. Beg the question. Um, it came out in hardcover first, correct? Yeah. I never saw a hardcover. Hmm. And... Some of us don't even believe it exists. <laughs> well, that's, that's not good. Um, was that, that was also by Fanographics, right? Yes, it was. And that came out some years ago, wasn't it? 2002, like I believe. End of 2002. Wow. Because I waited with, with uh, biting anticipation for the Big the Question, which is, as I said before, very happy to receive and read. And you get a fair amount of uh, reviews and, uh, you know attention towards your stuff like you've got who you well, got depends, depends on the stuff i mean beg the question actually did very nicely with the reviews uh like um, looking on the back you have like new york press um cinescape publishers weekly washington post the onion yeah um the observer and then on the back that you deserved it you've got pendulet who did the uh the interview you've got in the uh Oh, he did the the intro for the big the question and who was it right and then uh, what's his name did the intro for um, Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt. That's trying to think his name. The lovely, talented <laughs> Pat Oswalt. Not people shouldn't know him for the the cheesy sitcom he's on. Oh, that's fine. I mean, but you've got you've got he's him. Good in, he's good in anything. He's good in everything. But you've got him. You've got David Cross. And you've got like really like some pretty prominent uh, funny guys getting into this stuff um yeah that's something i'm proud of th that that is it's pretty cool like especially if you can make those guys laugh you've probably achieved something Mm-hmm. especially with uh underground comics like a lot of them a lot of there's a lot of funny stuff but a lot just gets swept under the rug 
because there's so much, but be able to like kind of poke your head up and yeah. have to stick out like that. Well, I don't good. think enough people are doing funny stuff. I think that's the one thing that bugs me about comics is there's this trend, especially I think among a lot of the indie stuff, to get real serious. You know, everyone wants to have a, a sort of melancholy in their work, and I, oh. you know, beg the I question. Say? I like I like funny. Beg the question has what two funerals? Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, they could. No, beg the question is definitely a funny story. The Death is hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> Um, meeting Danzig, did you get it, it, your interaction with Glenn Danzig? Is that mm. pretty much on the ball? That was exactly my exchange with him. Sounds about right. Verbatim. <laughs> uh, um, thank you for coming on with us, Bob. Oh, it was my pleasure. It's about, I hope I didn't so. uh, bore everyone uh, and make them all switch away. No. I thought there'd be commercial breaks. No, well, we're college radio. Yeah. So... But even college radio, usually there's commercials for hyping other people's shows. I'm probably supposed to do that. Yeah. I'm bad. Spread the love. Spread the love. I will be eventually posting this online for people to be able to download at a later point. Groovy. But the problem is is being able to like get around to doing that. Um, but I will send you a copy of the show. Oh, please obviously. do. Um, so I can, so I can oh. wince later. I, I just wanted to ask, uh, have you seen uh, Evan Dorkin lately? How's he doing? I haven't seen Evan Dorkin in months. Oh. He's very he's become very subterranean in he, his uh in his self-imposed exile on Staten Island. He's got a live journal that he refers to quite or he does a I don't know if you've seen it, but he does a lot of commenting on it. Yeah, too much. I can't read it. It's all that small print. Yeah. That, there's no pictures. Print. Hmm. But yeah, no, I, I haven't seen him in a while, which is which is too bad because I, I love Evan. He's a great guy, and he's he's always fun to hang out with. But uh, I think he, I think he's probably got a lot going on, and now he's a dad, and so forth and so on. So yeah, probably only would see him at conventions at this point, which is a shame. I think he's going to be at the one in New York this weekend, but you're not going to be there, apparently. No, I will not. Vacationing. Yes. I read somewhere. That's good. Vacations are good. I wish I could yeah. have one of those. I'm stuck in school, so I stare at textbooks all day. So thank you very much, Mr. Fingerman. Well, like I say, my pleasure. Um, yeah. Beg the I'm question. You deserve it. Yes. Get, that, get recess pieces finished so we can look forward to it in August from Dark Horse Books. Yep. And um, And keep your eyes peeled for the novel at the end of the year. The novel. What's this is the name the, of the novel? Ah, yes. Bottom Feeder. Ah. That name sounds... I think I read somewhere about you talking about that. So, interesting. Looking forward to it. And that's coming out by Dark Horse. That'll come out the end of the year. Maybe we can talk again then. <laughs> we would be happy to. And, Alrighty. Okay, thanks. Oh, Thank and you. Ramones, what song do you want me to play? Oh, to finish the show off boy. With? Uh, actually, you know, I had a song in mind, and now it's, it's slipping my mind. But uh, since I'm I'm not thinking of the one that I had in mind, how about I don't want to go down to the basement? Okay, then I don't know if I have that one. Let's hope. No. <laughs> All right, then how about we're a happy family? Okay. I will try and find it. Well, Colin, I do a little housekeeping on the ink studs. Okay. And let no people know coming up. Thanks, Bob. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bob Fingerman. Um, next week on Ink Studs on CITR 101.9, FM. We will be talking about comics and Colin's making noise with the bag. Music. Um, Luke Meat and Bryce. I don't know Bryce's last name. They will be joining us and talking about like a history of uh, comics and um, music and looking at why some of it really sucks <sighs> and some of it's really good. Some of the stuff to do covers for. Um, unfortunately, I'm really limited on the Ramones I have, so I couldn't find those songs. Thank you once again, Bob Fingerman. So, next week, rock and roll and music. The week after that, I'm hoping, I sent Neil Adams an email yesterday, and he replied and said, Yes, I will do a show with you guys. So, Don King will be joining us to interview Mr. Neil Adams, who I'm a big fan of. He's DC, did lots of, uh, 
Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Batman, and then went on to strive for creators' rights and started Continuity Comics. Um, up next is Rhymes and Reasons with some hippity hop. This is CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. If you want to call and tell us anything while the music is playing before Rhymes and Reasons comes on, it's 604-822-2487. Thank you very much, um, Mr. Finger and uh, Ramones. Here we go. Delivery. I wanted everything I wanted 